0: Hello, and welcome to today's episode of In Fellowship, the podcast where we explore community building through a chapter-by-chapter read of The Lord of the Rings. My name is Anna.
1: And my name is Ellen. And in today's episode, we are discussing Book 2, Chapter 8, Farewell to Lorien," Exploring Gift-Giving in Community.
0: Okay, Ellen, Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. I think of gift-giving, I think of Leslie Note. From Parks mm. and Rec, who makes it like a competition to give gifts. Yeah. Would you consider yourself a Leslie Nope, i.e., competitive gift giver?
1: I am a competitive gift giver. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a little notes app on my phone where when people say things like, oh, I really like blank, or mm, I could use a XYZ, I write it down and I keep it on file for future notice. hmm. What about you? Are you competitive in your gift giving?
0: I'm deeply competitive in my gift giving. I do a similar thing where as I'm moving through the world and thinking about, oh, you know, I think so-and-so really would like this, or this really made me think of so-and-so, I'll just buy it there and then like hang on to it until the next gift giving scenario so that I'm always gathering items like a little magpie all my shiny items to later dispense to my friends and loved ones.
1: That is both thoughtful and fiscally responsible. Good job (laughs) spreading out your gift purchasing throughout the year.
0: Well, I'll be honest, I did not do very well uh, on this front in 2021. So that strategy did not really serve me that year, but we're doing doing our best.
1: (laughs) I only believe in you, so it'll be better next year.
0: Having said all that, do you have a story for us today about gift
1: giving, Ellen? I do. And the story I'll tell today, it happened when I was somewhere between 4th and 6th grade, and I Anna, I cannot remember if you were there or not. So, I'm very interested to see if you also remember this.
0: Okay, I am also very excited and will wait to the conclusion of the story to to weigh in as to whether I was there.
1: Yes, please. Well, so we have a very musical mother, as one might say, and when we were younger, she sang in the praise band at our church, and it was a cool band, which meant that they sang at the cool church service, which was Saturday night, and so they would practice during the day on Saturdays, and you and I would then spend the Saturday during that day, during that practice time. Running amok at the church with the other band members' children and really just generally having a good time. And one night after the service, a mom of one of the younger band members, we will call her Miss Cindy in this story, she took all of the praise team's kids out to Culver's. And if you've never been to Culver's, I will spare you my dissertation on why they are the superior burger chain in the United States. But I will say, please, the next time you find yourself in a state that does not border an ocean, this is not for the coastal elite, it is a heartland chain, please look up your nearest Culver's and have a Butterburger with cheese. But anyway, Miss Cindy took us to Culver's and got all 10 of us children's meals. And a, a kid's meal at Culver's comes with two Scooby Tokens on the back one of which can be redeemed for a scoop of frozen custard and the other is meant to be saved up and it can be redeemed for any number of Culver's themed prizes. So someone in this group of children realized that between the 10 of us we had enough scoopy tokens for a prize and I remember one of the kids sort of furtively going between the tables asking us all for our scoopy tokens that we could buy a thank you gift for our kind hostess miss cindy and i i believe we decided on the kickball which we presented very proudly to miss cindy as a thank you for having taken us all out to eat i i don't know what we imagined this 45 or maybe 50 year old woman would do with a kickball But as a community of children, we wanted to come together and give her a gift of thanks. And so we did. We presented her with the kickball. She accepted it graciously. And that is my story on community and
0: gift giving. I also have no recollection if I was there for this this momentous (laughs) occasion. It doesn't ring a bell? I have a vague memory of there being some sort of scoopy token identified item and yet if the rest of the praise band children are there i'm hard pressed to know where i would have been right that's really gonna bother me now now i'm like really <laughs> straining to remember this that's all right <laughs>
1: Well, I liked this story because it was one of the first ones that came to mind when thinking of coming together as a community to give a gift,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: which we also did for like our choir teachers in middle school and in high school. And I always remember them just like looking back, kind of missing the mark. And I don't know if that was because we were kids trying to get something for an adult and had no money or experience as to what they could possibly want or need mm-hmm. or if it's just hard to make a decision as a group as to what the right gift is for somebody else but I think it is the thought that counts a little bit on that one
0: <laughs> I think it does too I can recall I mean even trying to run or coordinate gift giving as as a group trying to decide on a dollar amount that's Mm -hmm. you know inclusive for everybody's budget and then like any other group project you're reliant on others to pull their weight or help out and so that can be a really productive and generative kind of conversation or sometimes it can be really challenging because either one person has a very definite opinion about what should or shouldn't happen or no one quite has a clue (laughs) and so then you're just trying to like You know, feel around what seems the most logical or the most attainable, (laughs) given your very limited funds. Yes. Or
1: Scoopy tokens.
0: Or, as it were, (laughs) Scoopy tokens.
1: We only had 10. We could only get, like, a couple of things. Well, so my story was about a community coming together to give a gift but this chapter is more about one person. Well, I guess there are some community aspects of gift-giving, so how about you walk us through what happened in the chapter today and we can start to dive in a bit.
0: As we left our company last chapter, they were in Lothlorien and knew that they needed to leave, so we sort of pick up again this chapter knowing that the company needs to head out, but Aragorn is unsure of the way. There are sort of two paths he's considering, but he isn't quite sure how to make the decision. And ultimately, he's granted boats by the elves, which means that he doesn't have to make an immediate decision because the boats allow him to sort of move further along on the path without committing one way or another. There's a discussion among the company about sort of, you know, the best path to take. And during that conversation... Boromir starts to make Frodo uneasy, he's, he's saying some things, and then sort of quickly amending them, or statements seem to be leading one direction, and Frodo's just a little bit creeped out. The elves also send the company on their way with some Lembus bread, so hearkening back to our food episode, and some sweet cloaks that are like personally made by Lady Galadriel, which is exciting. The company heads off uh, to leave in their elf-gifted boats, and they actually run into Lady Galadriel in a swan boat, singing some sort of sad song. And then the company dines with her, and she gives them each a gift, and then ultimately the company departs, and they head south.
1: How ridiculous
0: was that entrance on the swan boat? (laughs) I'm so glad that you've asked me this question because I spent a lot of time thinking about what the modern day equivalent of this entrance would be. <laughs> and ultimately I've determined that like Lady Galadriel would be like in a car looking out a window while it rains, sadly, and then singing some sort of like in my mind, like early aughts, like Green Day, wake me up when September mm. ends. Mm-hmm. You know, as she enters into this departing company and and what an entrance that would be.
1: What really got me is the timing of it. And so they were certainly like waiting upstream for them to start going like, hey, guys, wait, hold. They're, not, they're not ready yet. They're not ready yet. Mm-hmm. Because it was so perfectly timed. And then it's like, OK, OK, yes. OK, start singing. And then yep, they, like, start paddling. Pa- yep. Now, now, go, go. And then they st- start paddling, and she's like, Mom, I'm so sad you're leaving. I mean, it really tickled me. <laughs> I, could, I could not get over <laughs> this
0: entrance that she makes. And, I mean, given her sort of status and her unknown age, I do get the sense that, like, she could pull it off. I think that if <laughs> I tried to... If I tried to do something similar, it would come off looking really goofy. And that's kind of how I read it, is if I tried to do this, it would be (laughs) very awkward. And people would be like, how long have you been upstream? Yes. Like, when did you get on this boat? And why wouldn't you just greet us on the shore where we've talked to just about everybody else? How how much time did you take to come up with this?
1: They spent a lot of time on it. It was, it was a lot of effort for them to, again, just stop somewhere else and sit and have a picnic.
0: So. Yeah, literally on the shore. So they all get off their boats, is how I understood it. And then mm-hmm. they, like, get back into the boats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Oh, goodness. <laughs> that's right. Good so old that's bilateral. what happened in the chapter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but where did you see examples of
1: today's theme? The theme was left, right, and center. And as you, you touched on in your apt retelling of the story, the first one that I saw that I'd like us to talk about is on page 413. And this is when Celeborn gives Aragorn the, the boats. And the gift of the boats is, as you said, really more the gift of delaying the decision and the gift of time. Because now that they can sit and float casually down the river, they don't yet have to choose. Are they all going to go to Gondor? Or are they going to, you know, take the other path, the other bank, and head deeper into Mordor? And the the company is divided on this. Aragorn hasn't yet decided. And so Celeborn giving them the boats really does give them the time to think further on, on which route to take. The next example that I want to talk about is three gifts sort of combined. And this happens page 415 through 417. So first, they are given the lembus bread, which is really more of the gift of strength or like the the correct resource to reach their desired goal. Because as it says in the book, quote, all the same, we bid you spare the food. Because this is when Gimli is like shoving it in his mouth. He's like, oh, it tastes so good. All the delicious honey in here. And then the elves say, quote, eat little at a time and only at need. For these things are given to serve you when all else fails. So they're saying that the, this lembas bread can keep them on their feet, a grown man on his feet, for a whole day of hard work. And they're very fortifying. And this is going to help them achieve their goal. Then, as you mentioned again in your recap, they're given these very fancy cloaks. And the cloaks are, are, they're shared that the cloaks are here to serve you well. The exact quote is, but they should serve you well. They are light to wear and warm enough or cool enough at need. And you will find them a great aid in keeping out of sight of unfriendly eyes, whether you walk among the stones or the trees. Because I guess the cloaks have some sort of disappearing esque power. Not quite an invisibility cloak, but they blend in well. And then the last gift in this little bundle here is the rope, which was funny because Sam was like, oh man, I forgot my rope. I'm so sad. Then the elf, one of the elf who gives him the rope, says, quote, Never travel far without a rope. They may be a help in many needs. So these three gifts. What I like about them is that the givers, the elves, did a really good job of seeing what was most needed by the company. And I think a good gift really makes the receiver feel feel seen, feel understood. It's like, oh, that person understands who I am and what I need or what I want. And, and what the elves are really giving is aid and they're their support and in their goal here. And so I liked these three very practical gifts that were given that that understood what the company needs in order to succeed.
0: I think that's a really important point because often especially I for those who have the same tendency as you and I to be a competitive gift giver Sometimes the gift-giving becomes more about you as the gift-giver, and in those moments you lose sight of what's most helpful or useful for the person that you're trying to give a gift to. And so it's kind of a reminder that, you know, often the gifts that are best for the receiver are the gifts that take into consideration their needs. And you kind of cut your own ego or, you know, status in giving this gift out of the equation to assure that you really reach that outcome.
1: Yes, I'm sure we've all experienced receiving a gift that is just so out of the realm of anything you could use or want or is more of a burden than it is a gift. For example, if we look at another literary work, when Marianne in Sense and Sensibility is giving a, given a horse by Willoughby and her sister is like, this is not a gift. This is a burden. We cannot afford to keep this horse. You know, that's sort of the, he thinks he's doing a really good job in giving this extravagant gift, but he hasn't considered the need of the receiver or what will be best for them. So yeah, I think to your point there, it's it's important to consider and make sure that you are... You are not giving to win.
0: You are giving, I don't know, giving to give. Right. As our unnamed elf and our unnamed elves do in this chapter.
1: Right. Well, so the next example that I have is the big one. It begins on page 421. And Galadriel gives everybody a gift after they've seen her float by in her duck boat or whatever it is or (laughs) swan boat. Okay so you said duck uh, boat
0: and then in my mind immediately I kept thinking of the um the duck the paddle boats that are at the park in our home
1: The ducks yes where they can go on the water or by land yeah I mean that's basically what she's in. (laughs) Can you imagine there's like an initial splash to enter into the. (laughs) Yes and then it walks up onto the
0: island for their for their feast, their picnic. Mm-hmm. Their other elf tourists that are just hanging out because they paid money to go on the duck. They want to be on the
1: duck next. I mean, that's probably, that's probably what happened, to be quite honest. That's canon. Mark it down. Yep. <laughs> so Galadriel has a gift for everybody, sort of. And I'm just going to run through what she gives and then we can talk about it. So Aragorn is given a sheath. And it's a, it's a special sheath. It's like one of those knife stores that's also a blade sharpener, is how I'm imagining it. In the book, it tells us, quote, The blade that is drawn from this sheath shall not be stained or broken, even in defeat. Which is good, because we know that this sword has been broken before. So it's helpful now to have a sheath that will never break it. The next three people, Boromir, Merry, and Pippin, all get belts. Legolas gets a very nice bow and arrow. Sam is given some magic dirt. And I love what she says to him. She says, quote, For you, little gardener and lover of trees. And then she gives him some dirt from her, from her orchard that he can sprinkle on his garden when he returns to the Shire and enjoy, you know, seven years of good luck or something. For Gimli she doesn't come up with anything to give him which I love because instead she just asks what would you like and then he says some of your hair <laughs> which is which is a fun thing to come back with when it's like tell me I'll get you anything And he's like some hair cool and so I, I want to ask have you ever just told someone what you want for a gift Or ask somebody, hey, just tell me what you want. And and how did that go for you?
0: I definitely have, maybe less for a holiday, but um, sometimes for a birthday. My partner, bless him, is such a sweet soul and sometimes also would like ideas for gift giving. Mm -hmm. And then often when I say just one thing, his response is, well that's not fun. Then you're going to know what you get. (laughs) I said, but I, you know, but I want it. (laughs) And so usually then I have to provide a couple of ideas. To pick from. To pick from. So that there's still some element of surprise for me. And I think so that he can also feel like he's assured that I'm not aware of what I'm getting and that it still feels a little more mysterious than just him getting me something on my need list.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love telling people like almost exactly what I want for a gift especially if they have no joy in the gift giving Mm -hmm. like for some people it's really stressful to try to think of the right gift and there isn't joy there and they don't have the note on their phone and they feel lost and I'm like well I could use a new pair of shoes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we can just cut out all of the guessing and so I, I do support that type of gift giving And I feel like it has backfired a little bit on Galadriel in this moment.
0: Right. I mean, in my life, it's always been appreciated when someone has been very direct with me because I know for a fact then that's what they want and that Mm -hmm. it's useful for them. Yeah. Because one of my values and one of the things that I've been trying to work on lately is my environmental impact. And so... I'm trying to do that through much more intentional buying of items and to make sure that they're relatively sustainable or that they're locally sourced where I can to be responsible about my consumption of goods. Mm -hmm. And so in that statement... I really don't want to buy something just for the sake of buying something, especially if someone's never going to use it and possibly just throw it away. And now I've created waste. Mm -hmm. So and I do feel like that's been a little bit of a tension in some of the relationships in my life where they really feel like that's not the point of gift giving is to just like get something off of your list and it's like yes and then I don't have to do it myself Mm -hmm. and so that that is the gift is that I don't have to go out to the store or order it online or what have you you're assisting me in that way Mm -hmm.
1: you're giving me the gift of time in addition to whatever it is I'm actually asking for
0: right it is the equivalent of an elven
1: boat you are giving me the gift of
0: time. Yes.
1: Um, also, I thought you meant that, like, because the boats go a little bit wayward if you're not.
0: Uh... Oh, also, yes, that's that's an apt analogy
1: to make. Yeah. Yes. You can go a little wayward if you're not careful.
0: I also like that Gimli, he couches his ask because originally he says nothing Mm-hmm. And then Galadriel's like, Are you sure? Are you sure you don't want anything? <laughs> Not a single and he's like, thing. Well, I mean, like, if you wanna give me a strand of your hair, I just imagine it being like <laughs> such an awkward exchange because uh, she does kind of press him. Yes. And then yet and <laughs> but he's so he's so like It's
1: true, he's he's humble in his ask.
0: He's humble and he's very like celebratory Mm -hmm. of her being, you know, so kind of a kind of an interesting end to their interactions, at least for the time being. But um, it's like she's so tickled with the fact that he's like, well, I mean, like if you would give me some of your hair, that'd be okay." And she's (laughs) like, well, you asked so sweetly. Of course you can have some of my hair here are three strands and then they like talk about what they're supposed to do with it yes. and like how maybe later he's gonna like put it in a shield or something
1: <laughs> yes yeah, so and make it a family heirloom and pass on these three hair strands right uh also they never rebraided her hair in this so i imagine like she had braided pigtails and then she just ended the day with one braided and one unbraided and a little bit shorter because she cut it off and gave it to Gimli. <laughs> Right. Mm -hmm. Just a full look for that day. It's a full look. the swan boat. (laughs) The swan boat and the song. Okay, but she does have one more gift after this. And this is for Frodo. Quote, I come to you last who are not last in my thoughts. And I liked that because I hate the phrase last but not least. I think it's just like, ugh. So this one, last but not last in my thoughts. And she gives him this... File that is caught the light of Arendil's star set amid the waters of my fountain. So it's like a fancy flashlight and it's gonna glow brighter at night and it will be a light to him in dark places when all other lights go out. So I, I liked this gift. Of these eight gifts, which one do you think best suits the receiver?
0: I think the sheath for Aragorn. Mm -hmm. Because
1: it's useful?
0: Because it's useful, there's also an acknowledgement of his lineage with the the broken blade Mm -hmm. and that it's been remade. And so now an attempt to protect that. So it has kind of that larger context to it. But it's also deeply practical. So in that regard, I think it does match Aragorn perhaps best. Mm Mm-hmm. What about you? What are your thoughts? I
1: would agree with you. I think I think Aragorn has he receives the most practical, thoughtful gift. Well, he receives the most the most practical gift. Maybe second to Frodo would be second. The gift that tugs at my heart the most, though, is Sam with Mm -hmm. his little box of magic dirt that he's going to sprinkle in the Shire. And really have hope that one day he'll be back there and he can use this to make his dream garden. And while it's not useful on his current journey, I just love that she knows this about him and that she has somehow learned that he's in- into plants and is like, ah, yes, he can have some of my dirt.
0: I think there are two pieces to this that are particularly special. One is that this box is clearly a box of hers. Mm -hmm. It has her name or her, like, you know, rune or the first letter of her name set in the box. So it feels so personal and it's also unadorned. So while everybody else is getting these, like, fancy belts and the, the weapons and the things that, you know, the fancy flashlights or whatever... He gets this, like, very plain box, but inside is everything that he needs, and also all of his hope, and I think that's such a nice analogy for who Sam is. He looks very, maybe, ordinary on the outside, and yet he's so full of, like, heart and compassion and strength, and we'll see that through the rest of the books, that I thought that was sort of a nice mirror to the receiver, but also it seems like she's almost trying to apologize for his view into her mirror Mm, where he sees, you know, things are going awry in the Shire and there are all these issues, but he chooses to stay with Frodo. And it's like she's both in a moment recognizing that that was deeply painful for him while also saying you'll go back there again like you said have hope and when you get there you'll be able to make right that which you are most concerned about and Mm -hmm. i thought what a lovely future-based gift for for sam where as you say everybody else is kind of like deeply set in the present here are practical items that you will need to make this journey
1: Mm -hmm. oh i love that i didn't even think about the fact that she saw how upset he was with looking in the mirror. And now she's, she's giving him hope that it'll be better when he gets back. That's, that is, that's such a good gift.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, I'm going to propose that we add a new segment when we want mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. And I'm torn between calling it The Quoted Corner mm-hmm. or Talking with Tolkien.
0: Talking with Tolkien. Okay. For
1: so sure. Let's let's debut our new segment, Talking with Tolkien, where we get to bring any quote, any prose from the chapter that we thought was really nice or in some way spoke to us. Because we, we like to do that sometimes. And I think it's nice because, you know, we love these books and they're so well written. Mm-hmm. So the quote that I that really stuck out to me today, and it was actually one that I had underlined... The last time that I read, and it's as they're floating away, and where Legolas and Gimli are chatting with each other, and Legolas is saying like, "Don't be sad. I know you're sad you're leaving, but you're always going to have your memories to look at." And Gimli says, "These are true words, doubtless." Quote. Yet all such comfort is cold. Memory is not what the heart desires. That is only a mirror. And I just really liked. I liked that line. I thought. It was apt, and memory is, it's not, when you're feeling nostalgic, the memory is never what you want. You want to go back to that exact same thing, and that was just a really beautiful way to capture that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Do you have a quote that you want to share in talking with Tolkien?
0: We, We really already talked about the one when Galadriel gives Frodo the light of Erendil, that, quote, it will shine still brighter when night is about you. May it be a light to you in dark places when all other lights go out. I think that's a pretty notable and well-known quote in right. this chapter. Because it's in the movie, too, right? It's in the movie. And I think it's, for a lot of people, it's a, um, a larger concept of the book, right? Where you're sort of in the face of great darkness, in the face of maybe a loss of hope. Remember to find hope where you can. Remember to light your magic flashlight of Arendelle uh, <laughs> when you're able. So I thought that was a, a nice, it's nice to see it in context.
1: Yes, yes, it is. That's a good one. One of my favorites.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to say that every time we, we <laughs> say a good quote, I feel like.
0: Okay, so did you have other quotes for our talking with Toki? No, no, I only had the one. I was so uh, enthusiastic about talking with Tolkien, and now I feel like I'm going to say it slightly incorrectly (laughs) every time I say the title (laughs) of the segment. (laughs) That's good. So, with those quotes noted, and with our examples discussed, what is your action item for us today?
1: We've talked about this a little bit throughout today's episode, about how gift-giving is as much about the giver as it is about the receiver. So for today's action item, I would like you to think back on a gift that you have received that you perhaps treasure or you use often, and to go back and tell the person that gave you that gift how useful or meaningful it is to you. For example, I received a very nice Yeti tumbler, like two, maybe three years ago for a Christmas gift. And I use it literally every day to take my coffee with me to work and then sip on it for like the next six hours. So I'm going to write to the person who gave me that mug and let them know how much I use it and how useful it is to me and how it has added value to my life. Everyone wants to hear that they are a good gift giver. So reaching back out with a sincere thank you, I think will help to strengthen that relationship.
0: Especially when caffeine is involved. That's, Especially that's a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What really is the, the key part there is that I am such a slow drinker that you the yet Yes, it's true. <laughs> the Yeti keeps it hot wet like for the whole day. So yes. I can literally just sip on that coffee the entire day and not think like, ah, now it's cold and I'm drinking sad cold coffee. Nope. Noon, still, still hot. 1 p.m., we are still going. 2 p.m., I gotta dump it out because I shouldn't have caffeine that late. But <laughs> if I wanted to drink it, it would still be warm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's a small gift, but it 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 just makes literally every day of my life better. So I should tell that person that their their gift really improved my day. Mm-hmm. So Anna, thank you for. This discussion today i feel like we've had a robust chat about gift giving
0: mm-hmm.
1: we are continuing to thank those of you who are giving us the gift of an apple podcast review so thank you to today's reviewer who has left us a lovely review on, on apple podcasts wbg16 thank you so much for supporting us on this fellowship journey mm-hmm. Today's podcast was brought to you by Dramatic Entrances on a Swan Boat. Not easy to pull off. Our music is by Robert Zahn and Simon Dom. If you have thoughts on today's episode or homework assignment, send us a voicemail or email at infellowshippodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember to take care of your community, stay hydrated, and thank you for joining us today in fellowship.
0: I agree. Mm-hmm. I think it's the superior burger chain.
1: Mhm. Well, we're right and you can DM us if you disagree and
0: we will fight you. Can you can DM on Ellen. I don't <laughs> I don't want to hear dissenting opinions. We are here to proselytize Culvers. This is a free one for you, Culvers. But if you want to sponsor us, we are way open to that also.
1: Yes, if you are a part, if you are Mr. Culver, um, again, you can DM us and we'll do this again every episode for a, a fee. That's
0: right.